Good evening. It's good to see you all. Uh, I'd like to give you a very warm welcome, whether it's the thousandth time that you've been here or whether it's the very first time that you've walked through those doors. It's really good to see you. And uh, for those of you online as well, whether you're watching from nearby or whether you're watching uh, from the other side of the country, it's good to have you with us. Of course, today's a very special day for Christians. Today, when we remember Jesus rising from the dead, it's a celebration. Uh, we remember that Jesus has the power over death. Uh, we think about the fact um, that his mission was successful. We see that, that he rose again. That's what Good Friday was all about. He died, but then he came back to life again. Mission uh, accomplished. And uh, we'll be thinking a bit about the impact of that on us tonight. Our pastor John's going to be speaking a bit later for about 20 minutes or so on the theme of life. What does it really mean to live? What really is life? So we're looking forward to uh, hearing John a little bit later. And also, uh, during the service, we'll be interviewing Josh and Jade. Josh and Jade are members here. And uh, we'll just be asking them uh, what Easter means to them. So we're really looking forward to hearing what they've got to say. Well, we love singing. And especially on a day like today, we love singing. So that's what we're going to do now. And we're going to sing a song that praises Jesus. And uh, it's got this little phrase in it. Glory to Jesus, risen conquering son. Endless is the victory over death you won. So when the music starts, we'll all stand and we'll sing.
Well, when Jesus was on earth, he made seven, what we call, I am statements. Seven statements about what he is. Uh, seven ways that he described himself. Uh, they're all in the Gospel of John. Uh, so, for example, he said this. He said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. He also said this in 15 verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And then the other five, they all uh, include the theme of life. So just keep an eye out for the theme of life. Uh, as I read these I am statements of Jesus. This is 14 verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in chapter 10, second part of verse 10 and verse 11, Jesus said, I came that they may have a life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then in chapter 8 verse 12. Again Jesus spoke to them saying. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. But will have the light of life. And then in John 6, verse 35, Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then finally in uh, John 11, verse 25 to 26, is what we looked at this morning, those of you who were here. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, Though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So those are the I am statements of Jesus. Well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite Josh and Jade up onto the stage. And uh, we're going to find out a little bit about what Easter means to them. So just uh, grab your seats around a little bit. Please. Give me a microphone. Thank you. Look at this. So, um, <laughs> thanks for coming. Um, some of us know you. Uh, others here might not really know you at all. Um, can you just say a little bit, very briefly, about who you are? Okay, I'm Jade. Um, I am a Christian. I grew up in a Christian family. I became a Christian when I was 16, um, I'm a mother to two girls, one that's three and one's three months old. Um, yeah, um, and I'm a member at this church. Where are you born? Sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no more questions. <laughs> oh, no. um, yeah, um, I'm Josh. I, was, uh, I, was, I grew up around here in Cobra. Um, and then I went off and lived in London and Manchester for about 10 years. Uh, and then I came back here because I thought it was nicer than London and Manchester. Um, no, I like them. I like them as well. But um, we came back here. We got married about them. Had a couple of kids. 
became a Christian when I was 19, working healthcare. So the last two years have been really quite easy. Um, Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. Good. We'll fill in the gaps if um, yeah, I think of it. Um, so you're uh, you both come here regularly. Mm-hmm. You're both Christians. What does being a Christian mean to you? Okay, so um, being a Christian is is my identity really, um, and to me it means relying on the person Jesus um, to make me right um, and to make me right with God. Um, it means that um, I trust Jesus to be the one to do away with all the bad things that I've done in my life. Um, and I trust Jesus with my future and my present. Um, and it really is, um, yeah, it's who I am, really. Um, uh, yeah, I trust Jesus to be my saviour. So I don't have to work um, to be right with God and to get into heaven. I just know that because Jesus died for me, um, I can live with a hope and assurance and then a peace, a peace in my life. So yeah, that, I think that's what being a Christian means to me. <laughs> I think that's probably much better than my answer. Um, I, I think Christians often, it's often a box, isn't it? You know, there's, you get a form if you register somewhere and they'll sometimes ask you and it's, it's one of the boxes you can tick. Um, and I guess I would say that it's, it's definitely not a, a box. I mean, Christian, Christian, but it, it basically means that you follow Jesus, doesn't it? It means you're a bit like Jesus, um, in following him. And, um, yeah, I guess it's those, it's those big black books at the back, you know, it's all, all the stuff that's in there. I would, I'd very much point to, I'd point to God. I'd point to the Bible and what he says, Rather than um, pointing to this building or this organisation, as much as I like everyone here and <laughs> this building, you know, I wouldn't be pointing to this. I'd be pointing to um, to God and um, yeah, what my wife said really. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad your answers aren't completely different. Um, <laughs> obviously, today's the big day, Easter. Um, yeah, and this is kind of the big question, really. Um, what what impact would it have on your life if the events of Easter, so Good Friday, Easter Sunday, if they hadn't happened, what, what would sort of be the impact on your life? Yeah, so yeah, Good Friday, so that's the first one you think about. Christians think about Jesus on the cross, you know, and they we you know we believe that Jesus died for sin, so you know everything that's wrong in the world. Um, Jesus died for, um, and our sin, our guilt, um, our failure is all sort of nailed to that cross with with Jesus. That's what Christians um, believe, and I think that's that's probably quite an offensive thing to hear for you know most people in our world, in our culture, because it's saying there's something wrong with you. And there's a bit of me that finds it offensive too. There's a bit of me that thinks actually I don't want to believe that. There's a problem in me that meant that Jesus had to do something like that. And I kind of want to go into lawyer mode, like when I have an argument, and I want to put down on paper all the reasons why actually I'm quite a good guy, you know. But the the problem is, and maybe I could persuade some of you guys that I'm sort of an all right kind of guy if I did my best job, but I wouldn't be able to persuade myself when when I really look at it. You know, I would see that I'm selfish and proud 
and that I hurt people, whether it's on purpose or not. Um, and I can't fix that, you know. I think at different times in my life I've tried, like, <laughs> to fix my problems. Um, you know, you see people read self-help books, don't you? And, um, oh, it's not my one, that's all right. <laughs> You know, people read self-help books and then they look in the mirror and they say, you're strong, you're good, and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it seems sort of laughable, but it's kind of like if you realise there's a problem, you've got to try to do something to fix it. And I, I found that I can't fix my own problems. Um, and that is why I need Jesus on the cross. That's why I need him to take my, my sin, my guilt, my shame, and do something with it. Because... Otherwise, if that hadn't happened, I would be here with this baggage that I can't deal with, I suppose is one way of putting it. It's how I put it. Um, yeah, so the question's a really good question. And I think in reality, before I became a Christian, that's, that's how I kind of lived. I lived like what Jesus had done on the cross hadn't happened. And I can tell from my experience... Um, of before I became a Christian, before I trusted in Jesus and what he had done for me, that um, my life was full of regret, full of guilt, full of shame. Um, my life was hopeless, and I remember just feeling that to, in a really deep way. Um, and if if the resurrection and um, Jesus dying on the cross hadn't happened, then I would have been left in that state. Um, but actually... Because it has happened, I've now had a completely transformed life. I, I have peace with my sin. I know that I'm fully forgiven. Um, I have hope for the future. I have hope that um, even though I'm living in sin and I continue to sin and people around me continue to sin and I have that pain because of that, there's one day when I'll be completely free from all of that. Um, so that hope and uh, an assurance that I have through Jesus dying and being resurrected and defeating death in that resurrection um, has really transformed my life and and yeah so my life without the resurrection and without um, Jesus on the cross would be it wouldn't be worth living really um, but it's it's so much worth living now so today's a good day <laughs> so um, what would you say to People maybe here, maybe people watching online who have big questions about this. Um, yeah, maybe wanting to find out more. What might you say to people like that? Um, I would say that that God gave us the Bible. It is um, it is um, inspired by God, and it's His word to us. And I would tell you to look at the gospel, look into Jesus's, and I'd say that. Um, if you want him to be your saviour, he will be. Um, he will give you that hope um, that I have. And uh, I'd say talk to someone who you know knows Jesus and who claims to know Jesus um, and ask them where they get their assurance from. Yeah, I think if you're a thoughtful person, because the claim to Christianity does, it changes everything. I think if you're a thoughtful person and you're, you're listening to some of the claims and looking at them, it will throw up lots of questions if you think about it. And I think when I became a Christian, um, I had lots of questions. Um, and I spent quite a while sort of working through those questions. 
Um, and obviously the, the Bible is a good place to look, like Jade was saying. Um, but there's, there's lots of really smart people who have written helpful books about it. So there's different books out there. There's like uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, not quite as popular as the Narnia books, but very, very good. That's quite helpful. It's quite an old one. And there's newer ones like Tim Keller, um, The Reason for God, which is really, really good. Um, so, I mean, you can ask, if you had a Christian friends, you could ask them. But there's also books like that, which are really great, which they might point you to. Um, I found those helpful. Um, and I guess I would say, if you were listening to Christianity and thinking, oh, it sounds good, you know, but, you know, can't think that it would actually be true because X, Y, and Z, you know, I would say I don't make that mistake because whatever the thing you might think, you say, oh, I can't be right because of science or it can't be right because of, you know, there's suffering. I mean, there's top, top scientists out there who are Christians. You, you can't just say, oh, because of science, it can't be true or, or like suffering. I mean, there's lots of people who have, su- I mean, I can't stand here and say oh, I've been through terrible suffering, but there's, there's lots of people who have suffered lots and would still completely hold to the um, their belief uh, in the truth of, of the Bible. So I would say don't don't make that mistake. At least look at it yourself is what I would sort of encourage you if, if, if that was you. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you sit down. Uh, but thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And if uh, if any of you do have any questions or anything that kind of goes on from that, chat to Josh and Jade. They're very friendly, as you've just seen. Um, but do chat to them or come and chat to us if you've got questions. If you, if you want to know some of the resources that Josh was talking about as well, I'm sure we can point you in that direction. Um, yeah, thank you. We've also got um, some Gospels of John out there and another book, which I think John's going to mention, and I'll mention a bit more at the end. Uh, those are free for you to take. Well, we're going to pray now, uh, so let's bow our heads and pray uh, to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Easter. Lord, we thank you so much for the difference it makes. Lord, I thank you so much that Josh and Jade's lives have been transformed by the message of Jesus and by what he did at Easter. Lord, this is a message that... It doesn't just impact our minds, but it impacts our everyday lives. And it impacts our futures. It impacts our eternities. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. And, Lord, I thank you that there are a good number of people here tonight who have had their lives completely transformed by the power of Jesus. And I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that if there are others here tonight who don't know your power, Lord, I pray that you would show yourself to them, that you would show your power to them. Lord, we're in awe of your power that we read about at Easter time. Lord, in Jesus' life, Lord, we see many of the miracles that you did. And Lord, they're amazing. But Lord, then we see you rising again, conquering death, the greatest enemy. And Lord, we're in awe of you. And I thank you so much, Lord, that we serve a very powerful and a great God. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand that life is so much more than just existing. Lord, there is so much 
more to it. So much more than just a few years on earth. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand that tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd help John as he speaks to us, that we would grasp something of what what uh, your life is, what it means to have the, the life that you give. Lord, help us to understand it more, even tonight, I pray. Lord, I thank you that the message of Easter gives hope, Lord, to millions around the world. Lord, as Josh said, Lord, even those who are suffering, often, Lord, they have the greatest hope. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you that there are people in desperate situations around the world, even people in places like Ukraine and other war-torn places around the world who can still praise you and can still have hope in you because, Lord, your power is greater than death. And, Lord, we're in awe of what you've done for us and we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you that you died for us. Lord, we do not deserve it. And Lord, you died so that we can be brought back into a relationship with you, that we can be reconciled, that we can have our sins forgiven. And Lord, without that, Lord, we would be separated from you forever. But Lord, because of your great love, because of your sacrifice, because you paid the price for our sin, Lord, we can be freely forgiven. A free gift And Lord, we can be welcomed into your family, even though we are not good people, much as we'd like to believe it. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his love. We thank you that he came and for what he did for us. And Lord, I pray that if there are people here tonight who don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would turn to you even this evening and experience something of your love and your power. Lord, we thank you that you've not left us alone Oh, Jesus isn't around on earth, but Lord, we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit. Lord, you've given us your presence. Lord, I thank you that you live in each of us who follows you. Lord, that is an amazing thing to be able to thank you for. Lord, you are the God who is near to us, the one who understands our situations and our circumstances. Lord, we thank you that you are not a distant God. Lord, Easter reminds us, Lord, that you are a God who is prepared to, to get your hands dirty, as it were, to come down and be with us. Emmanuel. And Lord, I thank you that even now, Lord, you are still with us. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray that you would especially comfort those who are struggling, those who are bereaved, those for whom life is really tough right now. Lord, I do pray especially for Jackie and Emily and Kitty Rose. Lord, it's so lovely having them here tonight. Lord, we pray that you continue to comfort them in their loss. As life is so different now. Lord, we thank you for the hope that they have and that they've shown to all of us. We thank you for that. But Lord, do comfort them in the days and weeks and months ahead. Lord, we continue to pray for the Hare family as well. Lord, do comfort them. Help them. Lord, week by week. Lord, again, we thank you for the hope that they have. We thank you for the witness uh, that Steve was to many of us in his hope that he had. But Lord, we pray that you would comfort them in their loss. Lord, we thank you that you are the God who understood what it was like to lose friends and close ones. 
Lord, you wept, and I thank you that you are the God who understands our emotions and our sorrows. And Lord, you even died yourself. Lord, we thank you that you understand these things. And Lord, I just pray as well for others who are grieving, maybe those who are struggling in relationships or split up in relationships. Maybe those who are confused in life at the moment. Maybe those who are drifting a little bit. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, you be with those people. And Lord, I pray um, that you would help us to see things uh, through your eyes. To, to, to not just think from our own perspective. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to praise you and to worship you at all times. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand uh, what we're thinking about tonight. Lord, this message of life uh, that John's speaking on. Lord, it's a, it's a huge topic and one that affects us all. Lord, I pray that you'd help John as he speaks. Lord, I pray that you'd help him to speak clearly. And I pray that you'd help us to understand it and be able to take it in. Lord, thank you that you've revealed yourself to us so that we can understand these things. So Lord, be with us tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have our second reading now. Uh, This is also taken from the Gospel of John. um, And this is what uh, John will be speaking on uh, shortly. Uh, This is John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. It says this, Now Thomas, one of the twelve disciples, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after he'd risen again. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's how John uh, finishes his account of Jesus' life. And we're looking forward to John saying a bit more about that. Um, after this next song. Uh, so we're going to sing again and we're going to sing The Lord's My Shepherd. It's one that many of you will recognise. It's taken from Psalm uh, 23. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing.
So life. Life as a, a good uh, theme for Easter, Easter Sunday and Easter time we think of uh, things like new flowers and we think of young bunnies and we think of hatched eggs so we're on the life theme. It's good for Easter but it's a good theme for us. It's a good theme for us. Not just thinking about where, whether we're physically alive. Uh, we got here this evening. I can see some movement about in front of me. Many of you are looking in this direction. So I'm not just talking about physical life. Thinking about something beyond that, something deeper than that. The theme of life. The theme of life. And there are two big questions that deserve some thought in relation to this. This is one. Is there life after death? Uh, A question you would have heard of. A question perhaps you've thought about. Does it all finish with our last breath? Is it just a few quick decades? All that goes into life... uh, relationships and purpose, is it just finished? Is there nothing else? We've seen in the last couple of years how fragile life is. Surely we'd be thinking, is there life after death? But there's another question which I think is equally thought-provoking. Maybe you haven't put it this way around before, but it's this. Is there life before death? Is there life before death? Real life, proper life, a proper existence, anything that's really satisfying, anything that's really worth living for, anything that speaks to the deep aches and longings of the soul. Is there life before death? I think people are asking that sometimes. I've heard of people asking those sorts of questions, whether it's not put in that way. Is there life before death now? Well, I wonder if you ask those questions. And I wonder if you've got any answers to those questions. And whether you're interested in any answers to those questions. Well, the theme is is life. And maybe you've seen some of the publicity. It's been produced by the Passion for Life initiative this year. But I, I, I really like the publicity. We've had some of it going out on our uh, Facebook pages for Forest Fold. Here are some of the, the slides that maybe you've seen. Uh, that have been going out, different pictures with life on, um, portraying really that life is available, that uh, sometimes the question goes with it, life might be closer than you think. The idea of real life being there, even in difficult times and... uh, the downpours. Life available for ordinary folk who go around ordinary circumstances. Life available for all age groups. You see it there in the background down beyond the bus station, bus stop. Well, the Bible has great news for those wanting life. This Easter Sunday evening, we're going to be looking at things about life. 
And I want to, to, to display to you some of the words uh, that there are at the end of an account uh, written about Jesus by John. It's called the Gospel of John. And we have some of them. You probably saw them on the way in. They're free to take. Just grab one. It's part of the Bible, but it's in one little booklet by John the Disciple, the Gospel of John. And these verses are written in the Bible there and they are um, after the death and resurrection of Jesus and they sum up so much about the account and that's what we're going to home in on this evening. Here they are. Put them on the sort of lovely, bubbly, life-looking, hopefully, background. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I just want to pick out three words from that to home in on. And the first word won't surprise you. It is life. It is life. But you'll see that he wants them to have life, that you may have life. Life is a big deal in the Gospel of John. In John's account about Jesus, it comes up nearly 40 times, this phrase, life, word life. Often in the words of Jesus himself, we had some of them read those great majestic I am statements and as Mark said, five of them had the word life in. It is a big deal in the Gospel of John. And that life comes through Jesus. It says, you may have life in his name. That is because of who he is, through what he has done, associated with him. Life comes through Jesus. And, if we explore that theme of life in that part of the Bible called John about Jesus, we see that it is a life that is after death. Everlasting life is a phrase that comes up in this account of Jesus. We read the bread of life quote, and it's a marvellous quote, and it's followed on soon by this, where Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Everlasting life. The great resurrection and the life quote that some of us heard a bit more about this morning. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who believes and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. There is a life which carries on after death, according to Jesus, according to the Gospel of John. It is life after death that we're being told about. But it is life before death too. It is life before death. You have the shepherd picture being described in one part of the Gospel, chapter 10. A shepherd providing all the nourishment that uh, the flock need. And Jesus says, I am come that they may have life 
and have it more abundantly. There's a fullness of life in Christ now. In a well scene in in that part of uh, the Bible, there is a description where Jesus talks about giving living water. Experience now, enjoyed now, refreshing now, life-giving now, that he can give living water. The picture of water comes up again elsewhere when he talks about uh, water being inside of us, bubbling up into eternal life. So it is experience now. There is a life that can be known now. Inside life, deeper life, spiritual life. Life that comes from knowing God. Life that comes from knowing God personally. Life that comes through finding Jesus makes us right with God, as we heard in the interviews. Jesus dealing with the blame and the shame that blocks relationship with God so that life is not as it should be and then it's dealt with and life is more as it should be. Life which gives peace, life which gives hope, life which gives deep joy. There was a somebody who was a celebrity a few years ago, he won't be known by uh, most people other than older ones here, but the quote uh, stayed with me as a, a really helpful quote on this theme. He was a, a person called Malcolm Muggeridge, and this is what he said when later in life he came to know about Jesus. He says, I may, I suppose, regard myself or pass for being a relatively successful man. People occasionally stare at me in the streets. That's fame. I can fairly easily earn enough to qualify for admission to the higher slopes of the inland revenue. Pays a lot of tax. That's success. Furnished with money and a little fame, even the elderly, if they care to, may partake of trendy diversions. That's pleasure. It might happen once in a while that something I said or wrote was sufficiently heeded for me to persuade myself that it represented a serious impact on our time. That's fulfilment. Fame, success, pleasure, fulfilment. Yet I say to you, and I beg you to believe me, multiply these tiny triumphs by a million, add them all together, and they are nothing, less than nothing, a positive impediment measured against one draught of that living water Christ offers to the spiritually thirsty, irrespective of who they are. Life known Now, a changed life through knowing God, through Jesus. Deep satisfaction, reconciliation with God, deep peace, real hope, deep joy. So this is available through Jesus. This life is both ways. It is now to be enjoyed and it continues after death. That is the the message of the Gospel of John. That is the claims of Jesus. The little booklet we've got available, again, take one of those. It's just called Life, Life That Lasts. It's by Rico Tice, it's been produced this year in time with this and it draws on one of those sort of water, living water episodes in the Gospel of John. But then we may say, well, how do we obtain that? How do we obtain that? And the answer is simple. Maybe you think it sounds too simple. 
We go to another word in our verse. Believe. These things are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. It's another word that keeps coming up. 85 times or so in this account of the Gospel of John. Believing. Most famous verse in the Bible. I'm going to summarise the Bible message in one go. May well go for one of the verses in John. Perhaps John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That you might believe is what connects you to life. You might realise who Jesus is. That he's the Christ. The Son of God. That you might realise what he came to do. That he came to die on the cross to take away the shame and the blame so that we might be right with God. That you might personally feel your need of him and express it in prayer. That you might have a confidence in him that he is able to deal with that problem. Trust. Turning to him in trust. Faith. Believing. Sometimes you find that... uh, Your phone has uh, no life on the battery. Sometimes you find it in the morning. You think, well, why is there there no life in the battery? And then, because you realise that that you didn't plug it in, did you? Or you do what I do. You plug it in, you don't put the switch on. You come there in the morning, there's no life in the battery. Faith connects us to this life. If you would have this life, It is faith, believing in Jesus, which is the route to receive that life. It's a simple message in the Gospel of John. Well, you may say, I'm a long way off of that. I'm a long way off of that sort of faith. Well, maybe you are at the moment. But the route that John has taken us through this account has one which has included doubt and scepticism and a backwardness. Near the start of the Gospel, there's somebody who's quite sceptical. Nothing good comes from the hometown that Jesus has been in. A person comes to faith. More recently, we had somebody who had been quite sort of curious, but in the background, not wanting to be open about his interest in Jesus, who then becomes open after Jesus died. We've had somebody who's intensely against believing the resurrection. And you know his name was Thomas because we read about him. But by the end of it he's saying, my Lord and my God. So there are people who were away in terms of faith, who come to the point of faith. And that's been true for many of us too. And maybe that will be your journey as you find out more about Jesus. I encourage you not to write it off too quickly. Life might be closer than you think. Faith, real faith, might be closer than you think. 
Well, you might say, well, what reasons are there for me to believe? And we come to our third word that I'm going to highlight. Signs. Signs. John's account gives signs. Signs tell you about something, don't they? If you're going along the road and you see a big yellow M, you know there's a McDonald's. And if you're hungry and you want a cheap meal and you're not too worried about how healthy it is, you might be very pleased. If you see a sign up with petrol costs on, a bit surprised at how much they are these days, but you think there's a garage and I can get fuel there. If you see a white P on a blue background, you think there's parking and I can draw in there. You have a sense of what you're dealing with by signs. And the signs here are miracles that are recorded in this account by John. Miracles done by Jesus. There are lots done, but John's been quite selective and he's picked seven or eight out to concentrate on. In the Bible, there are, there are, I counted up 39 detailed miracles uh, of what Jesus did, but, but John just concentrates on some of them. They show his ability and his power. They show who he is. But in a way, they show more than that. They show something of what he is about. So not just the demonstration of power in itself, but the sort of miracle gives an idea as well about Jesus. It's a sign of who he is and what he can do. Well, we won't look at all seven or eight, but let me just put some of them up. Well, one of the signs is water into wine. That's the first one that you come across in this gospel. And it's amazing in itself. It is a miracle that so much water goes to wine. But it it conveys as well the quality of what Jesus is able to do because it seems like the best wine. And it shows the, the quality of the life that Jesus is able to give. There is the feeding of 5,000 from something not much bigger than a lunchbox. And yet a whole hillside of thousands of people is fed, so much so that there's lots left over. And it's a picture of the abundance of life that comes through Jesus, as well as an amazing miracle in itself. We have the blind seeing. Somebody blind from birth causes a major stir in Jerusalem and it, it, it conveys that Christ is able to give new insight, open our eyes. This morning we heard of Lazarus being raised as it was taught here at the family service and it conveys the life-giving properties of Jesus. And then you have the biggest sign of all, Jesus' own resurrection, overcoming death witnessed and seen by over 500 people on one occasion, over at least 10 appearances over time, a dead man alive again seen as he said it would happen. And these are evidences. They back up. I have a book which has different quotes uh, from those who uh, are lawyers or been involved in the legal profession. And uh, here's one, different from one I gave a few weeks ago. Uh, Sir Edward Clark, a, a former King's Counsel, who's looked into the uh, evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. And he says, as a lawyer, 
I have made a prolonged study of the evidences for the events of the first Easter day. To me, the evidence is conclusive. And over and over again, in the High Court, I have secured the verdict on evidence not nearly so compelling. Inference follows on from evidence, and a truthful witness is always artless and disdains effect. The gospel evidence for the resurrection is of this class, and as a lawyer, I accept it unreservedly as the testimony of truthful men to facts they were able to substantiate. Signs, evidence for faith. I remember a time when I especially longed to see a fuel sign. Maybe you've had similar things. We were in France and the fuel gauge was running low. We were on the toll roads, there weren't all that many service stations and uh, it got so low that you know the miles aren't displayed anymore, just as low and uh, the warning light is on. And we run into something that we thought was a service station and there was no fuel there, so we carry on. And I, I take it down to 50 miles an hour, because I think 50 miles an hour is about the most economical you can be. And I'm travelling very close to the hard shoulder, because I'm thinking that things are going to ground to a halt any minute, and I'm just going to have to go into the lay-by, and one of us is going to have to head off. And then when it seems as though we actually ought to be on minus miles in terms of the fuel tank, at last there's a fuel sign. And we can draw in, and we can fill up. Well, maybe that's a bit like that for you. You long for life. You know you need real life now and beyond. And maybe you've had some tries and some disappointments which haven't delivered the goods. And you'll start to wondering where it's possible for you to get life. Will you get life? And the answer is here according to the Bible, through Jesus. Life now? And life beyond is possible. So I think at the end, coming back to these verses, are you interested in life? Life after death? Life before death? Then I suggest you need to know about Jesus. You need to get to the point of faith in him. And if you haven't got faith in him, there may be it would be good to start to have a good look at some of the signs, the evidences, which are left for us in the Gospel of John. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Thank you, John. We're going to uh, sing a song now which is basically an invitation to come to Jesus as a source of life. Come to the waters, whoever is thirsty, drink from the fountain that never runs dry. And in that last line, life more abundant in boundless supply. So let's uh, stand when the music starts and then we'll sing.
Take a seat. Well, if uh, tonight's raised any uh, questions for you, do feel free to come and ask us. Um, it's not just that we'd be okay to chat to you, we'd love to chat to you. Um, chat to Josh and Jade as well, or if you uh, visit visitor, maybe chat with the person you've come with. Uh, if you're online, get in touch with us, drop us an email, or phone us, we'd uh, love to talk to you. Um, just a few announcements. Um, Hope Explored is hoping to run again. It's a course where we look at the, um, the source, really, of where Christians find their hope. Uh, it's only three sessions long, and it's a time for you to go along and just discuss and think about what Christians really believe. And uh, there's no pressure to do any sort of so-called religious things. You won't have to pray or sing or anything like that. Um, you can ask as many questions as you like, or you can stay quiet if you'd rather. Uh, but I know quite a few people who have done it. I haven't done it myself, but I've uh, quite a few people who have done it have found it really useful, and they've sort of understood more of what uh, the Bible's all about and who Jesus is. So if you think that might be useful, speak to one of us or speak to Martin and Jane. There's also a golf day, uh, a men's golf day, which is now on the 7th of May. Uh, so do come along if you're a man, if you enjoy uh, golf. And uh, we've got a talk as well, uh, so looking forward to that. That's the 7th of May. Um, also, just a reminder about these books. Uh, we've got the Gospel of John, so the biography of Jesus' life. Uh, they're free to take. It's really not that long, so take one of those. And then this as well, written by Rico Tice, that John mentioned, I think it's literally 12 pages. You might need your glasses, uh, it's quite small writing, but 12 pages won't take you long to read at all. Um, really recommend that. So do, if you're interested, do take one um, from outside. I think that's pretty much everything. Sorry? No, well I hadn't. I was just about to get onto that. The, one of the uh, important things of tonight, puddings. Uh, now, I haven't seen the puddings, uh, but if uh, past records is anything to go by, we're in for a treat. Um, so we've got some puddings out there, so please do stay um, and tuck in. Uh, it'd be great to chat to you. Um, so they'll be in the hall just after. Um, so I'm going to pray to finish, give thanks for the puddings, um, and then do feel free to make your way out there and tuck in. So let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that each year we can remember Jesus rising again, conquering death. And Lord, we've, we've seen the impact that that has on us. We've seen the life that he can offer us simply by believing in him. Lord, we thank you for John's account of the, uh, the life of Jesus that we've been looking at tonight. Lord, we thank you that we have good records so that we can read and find out all that we need to know. And Lord, we thank you that you provide uh, big things for us, but also smaller things. Lord, we thank you for the food that you provide. And we thank you now for the puddings. Lord, we thank you for the people that have provided them. And I pray that we'd enjoy them and be thankful for them. So Lord, do bless us as we go our separate ways. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.